Hello and welcome to the Four Color Nerds Broke Gaming Podcast, episode number eight. I'm Ryan, and I'm joined by some other PC gaming nerds, Chris. Hola. Hannah. Guten Tag. And Missy. Hey. <laughs> Together we take on PC gaming for the cheap and broke. Each week we gather here to find a great game for a great price. We review the prior week's selection and see if it was worth our money and time. Then we pick a new game and do it all over again. This is a review show, so there will be spoilers. This week's game was Batman Arkham Asylum, Game of the Year edition. Our companion song is Folsom Prison Blues by Johnny Cash. I think it sets the tone for isolation and regrets and being trapped in a place that you don't want to be in, which is, I think, a fitting for this Batman game. So let's take a listen. I hear the train a-coming, it's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on But that train keeps rolling On down to San Antonio So, Batman Arkham Asylum, Game of the Year edition. There's a lot of people involved in here because it's a big game, and I think everyone here deserves, you know, some credit, so developed by Rocksteady Studios, published by Edios Interactive and Warner Brothers Interactive Studios, distributed by Square Enix and Time Warner, is directed by Sefton Hill, produced by Daniel Bailey and Nathan Burlow, written by the great Paul Dini, who's an amazing Batman writer. He actually is the person who made Harley Quinn in the first place. The voice actors include Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill, and Arlene Sorkin, who you may remember from the Batman animated series as the voices of Batman, Joker, and Harley Quinn. So they're all back for this, and it sounds great. It was released in August of 2009. It's available on Windows, OS X, Linux, PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. We got it on G2A for $2.10. This feels like a very classic Batman story. The Joker has an elaborate plot that he's hatched that you are trying to foil. I won't give too many spoilers. I'll just basically set up what's happening in the game. And then all the mysteries and places you go to, I'll kind of leave to you to explore. Because a lot of this game is figuring stuff out. And I'm sure a lot of people have already played it, but I don't want to ruin too much of it. So the Joker has arranged for all of his gang that's at Blackgate Prison, which is the regular criminal facility, that there's been a fire there, and he's transferred all of them to Arkham Asylum temporarily. While that's happened, he's staged, he needs now to get into Arkham Asylum for a reason that you find out later in the game. So he assaults the mayor and gets captured by Batman really easily. And Batman is really suspicious of this, that he was able to take down the Joker so easily. So he escorts the Joker to Arkham Asylum to keep an eye on him for any of his Joker shenanigans that he's going to pull, which, of course, the Joker does. So you end up being trapped in Arkham Asylum with the Joker and a whole cast of other Batman villains. There's Zaz, there's Bane, there's Killer Croc, Harley Quinn... Poison Ivy. Who else am I forgetting that's in there? Scarecrow. There's a lot of people in here. Scarecrow, you are trying to investigate and fight your way through Arkham. And the controls, like when you do so, there's a really neat detective mode that you can go into where you can look for clues for things. You can see people's, like, their heartbeat and tell if they're nervous or upset or angry. You can see their skeletons as you're beating the crap out of them. When you fight, it's a really fluid fight style. I want to say it reminds me a lot of things like Shadows of Mordor, but really those games 
are borrowing from this game. This kind of set the bar for visual style, storytelling. This was a fantastic game when it came out. It's still pretty damn good. Yeah, I think this game pioneered a lot of things that a great deal of games used afterwards, like the comboing combat system that kind of flows around from enemy to enemy. And I think the detective mode, because a lot of games after this had like a, some sort of special vision mode or something like that that would help you out. Started, I think, with this one. And just the idea that a video game could tell a really, really great story. This does an amazing job of that. Like I said, Paul Dini is one of probably the top four or five Batman writers of all time, and he wrote this, and this is a a work of love in his writing. There's a much better podcast you could listen to, Batman on Batman, where Kevin Smith interviews him about this, and they talk for like literally hours about it. So you can tell that a lot of love went into this work, not only with the writing, but the voice acting, Mm -hmm. which the voice acting, I think, just transports this game to a whole new level. It feels like you're walking around inside a really great episode of Batman the Animated Series. There is actually another podcast called The Arkham Sessions that goes into every single episode one at a time of the animated series with to analyze like the psychology behind nice. all the villains things like that. Yeah, there's a, a guy who's worked like television production he's on that podcast and then there's an actual like psychologist with trauma experience that, that talks about you know the different disorders that the characters might be suffering from and how their experiences in their life might have influenced who they've become. Nice. Yeah, and, and whether or not the disorders that they're claiming are, you know, accurate or not. Oh, real, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I think this game does really well is it presents the illusion of a world that's much bigger and open than it actually is. Yeah, I agree. Like, you have the impression that you can go anywhere, but you're actually in a pretty tightly controlled area. And I think that it's pretty masterful the way that they create that illusion. Yeah, it uses that, they call it the the Metroidvania kind of style of gameplay where you have to go and you have to find an item and that item unlocks new paths in the same kind of area. Yes. Like, as you go, I mean, there's physical objects you find. There's, in your, like, detective mode, you can, for example, there's a guard who drinks, and you are able to trace, like, the alcohol on his breath throughout the thing. So there's, like, these floating chemical symbols in the air that you use to track people down as, like, a visual representation of what you're you're seeing. Which is... So, so true to Batman and his uh, supposed forensic skills. Yes, he is the world's greatest detective. Yeah, he's the world's greatest detective. He's also, like, super rich and has super awesome forensics that are... (laughs) Non-existent? Non-existent, but it's cool. Batman is pretty much the best at everything in the world except keeping children alive. Oh! (laughs) It's true! (laughs) And parents. Yes, parents and children. You're not going to... Batman will not do well by you. Oh, that's too soon. (laughs) (laughs) It's been 50 years, but it's too soon. Uh, So, this game also stands up really, really well. Like, this is not... This is a Game of the Year edition, but it's not a remastered edition. But I think the visuals still hold up today very well. The only place I notice a deficit maybe compared to some modern games is in the way when they when they talk that their faces look. Yeah. Other than that, I think that the game looks absolutely stunning. And I have to say personally, as as a I know unpopular opinion, I'm not a Batman fan, but 
I got into the game, and I really had a lot of fun playing the game, too. I really enjoyed swinging from things. That was the best part, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Grappling your way up elevator shaft. Grappling my way around everywhere. And like you said, even like the shafts, like the the air shafts and ducts and stuff that you climb through and jump over, it still looks like it's a huge column, but it's not. Like, the ceiling cuts off. Right. And yeah, they definitely did a good job with those visuals. Oh yeah. I loved this game. I played it through, I think, twice before this, and I was worried coming back to it that I wouldn't find it that enjoyable anymore because I kind of knew the story. It may have been a couple years since I played it, but I was pretty familiar with it. But I found myself immediately drawn back into it and engaged and noticing little foreshadowing things I hadn't noticed before. So the game has in my mind, a lot of replay value. It is definitely easier with a controller. Yes. Yes, I would say so. Uh, I did it with keyboard and mouse because I, when I played it before, it was on PlayStation, so I wanted to experience it with the mouse and keyboard. Yeah, I did keyboard and mouse, and it was it was okay, but controller configurations are definitely easier, I think. So if you have a controller for your computer, you're really going to... It'll be much better, I think. Yeah, and you don't really need a special controller. A Xbox 360 or Xbox One controller will plug right into Windows and work, and a PlayStation controller will do the same thing. So you've probably got those lying around. It does make full use of the controller. You will use every single button. Yeah, you will. (laughs) There are so many combos on the keyboard to try and remember, like, hold left click and double tap the space bar and then, you know, press... L and it'll do something. There's all kinds of hidden moves. Like, even from the very beginning, your fight scenes look amazing. Like, they look like choreographed Hollywood fight scenes. Every single one. Even on easy mode. Like, I'm just just hitting the hit somebody button and and it looks like I'm doing all this (laughs) crazy crab maga backflips and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he'll still do like a spinning backflip every once in a while or back kick or whatever, roundhouse somebody. It's great. Batman knows his shit. <laughs> yeah. You never just punch somebody. And all the fights end dramatically. For the very last thug, whenever you make that last hit, it'll like zoom in and slow down. Slow down as you like leap in the air and double hammer fist them. Yeah. Yeah, it'll yeah. do like the 300 slow mo comic book money shot thing. (laughs) (laughs) There's a name for that, but everybody who's seen the 300 knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) It definitely feels really dramatic, and like I said, I was engaged again after having played it several times, just pulled right into it again. I think it stands up really, really well. Does a really good job of uh, making you feel like Batman. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, it definitely yes. does. <laughs> you can virtually don the cape and cowl and uh, protect Gotham and, you know, be the Dark Knight. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I took the uh, the upgrade where you can uh, hang off of things upside down and snatch people up. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then sometimes I would just hang upside down and look around because I'm the goddamn Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what did you guys think of the uh, Predator section specifically where you're like, you have to be stealthy because everyone has guns and you're Batman. You don't have a gun, so you have to like sneak around and stuff. What do you guys think of that? I like that because I think it reinforces the fact that Batman is trained in ninjutsu and stealth and darkness are his allies and his weapons just as much as his fists and batarangs are and it also was kind of a nice change of pace like each of the little mini levels kind of has their own flavor to it and kind of calls on a different skill and way to defeat things so i was a fan yeah it kind of introduces all of the like tools and skills and strategies you need to use bits at a time and i liked that aspect of it yeah, it does a pretty good job of slowly introducing things. I will say that there was one predator mode 
I think it was like the very first one when you kill all the guys and then the Joker's like uh, you don't you don't kill anybody you're the Batman. Well, okay, okay. You knock out. out real hard. <laughs> you just cripple them for life. Crippled them for you life. You morals. Did horrible <laughs> things to them, maimed them, and then the other dudes, the Joker's like, oh, here's some more people, and then you have to do the same thing over again. I was just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> really, man? Yeah, the Joker is a complete son of a bitch in this. He is yeah. so evil and nasty and has planned things out a hundred steps in advance. Um, yeah. I like that not only do you see the Joker being evil, but you see him just as much of a mastermind mm-hmm. and his intellect being really the thing you're up against. Yeah, like it's kind of the way that the Joker's really supposed to be. I think Paul Dini just does an incredible job with the Joker in this game. Because every once in a while you get a writer who just doesn't utilize him very well, and he's like, I'm so zany, I'm, I'm, a, I'm doing some crime, robbing a bank, love, this is like twisted. Mark Hamill taps into a place that I did not know he could go to. <laughs> he does the Joker. He's such glee with his evil. Yeah. It's great. I don't know if you've ever seen, they have video recordings of when they record for like the animated series or stuff. When he does the Joker, he just completely transforms. It's really interesting oh, to watch. Wow. He does the whole, he has body language and everything. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, completely contorts his body and his face and paces around and, you know. I know he's kind of stepped back from being the Joker so often just because physically it's so hard on him. And I, I believe it. believe that. And he's getting old. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he's also just really kind of straining his uh, his instrument, his vocal cords there with uh, some of the way that the Joker talks. Yeah. So. He's got to save him for all those lines he had in episode seven. <laughs> oh, womp womp. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that this scarecrow part, I'm not going to ruin it or anything. I'm not going to give it away, but like my heart was in my chest the entire time. That is one of the scariest things I've ever done. <laughs> yes. In a video game, at least. Oh, yeah. I was. God of War games take a lot from that, too. There are levels that play exactly like that. Yeah, it was pretty intense. Yeah, and I love that it's such a curveball. It's so different from the rest of the game. Yeah. Yes. It's very mind-bending and awesome. Playing it on easy was actually really fun, too. It's definitely more about the puzzle solving. As I mentioned earlier, Like I, I was doing all these badass combos while I was fighting, but I was just hitting the same button. <laughs> <laughs> the way that I ended up playing with it, it was more about the puzzle solving. Yeah. So it was like Portal with Batman, and instead of portals, you have Batarang's explosive gel at a grappling hook. Explosive gel is my favorite. That, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's good. that is a super, like, you can detonate, like, remotely in multiple things and open up walls and passageways <laughs> done people yeah super fun and you know i'm just i'm just gonna go on a tangent about arkham asylum here all right <laughs> as we mentioned that other podcast with the psychologist i'm a licensed counselor and i work in mental health and like i, I do kind of go in and out of inpatient facilities and stuff as part of my work and arkham asylum is completely horrifying Right? From a professional standpoint, they're experimenting on patients. Surely there is no institutional review board ever. (laughs) 
Not in Gotham, there's not. Yeah, Gotham is a horror show straight from the 1930s with the way that they treat the mentally ill. So many health code violations. I'm like, when you look at, like, their treatment rooms, I'm like, are you trying to make people even more criminally insane? Yeah, like, they're abusing these people. This is why they keep escaping and going and doing crime, (laughs) y'all. It's also the least trauma-informed environment ever. Yeah, big scary gargoyles. There's gargoyles everywhere. They have <laughs> Meat hooks hanging from the ceiling, yeah. Um, there's a pile of bones in one of the exam rooms. Yeah. Like, <laughs> wh- why? Why is that a thing? And it's also filthy. Just completely filthy. Oh, yeah. And then it's also like an OSHA nightmare from the standpoint of somebody who has to work there. There's all these railings and drop-offs and unsafe things venting into the atmosphere. I was just like, I don't know. I'm going to have to use my Hazwopper training to clean up some of these spills, you know? Like, why do these rooms have prevention for poison gas is why I want to know. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Because they clearly have measures in place in case the room fills up with gas. They do house the Joker on a regular basis. And poison gas is his favorite thing. I mean, it is his favorite. So obviously there's no Bureau of Prisons or OSHA or SAMHSA or any of that. There's just the goddamn (laughs) Batman keeping order. The goddamn Batman. And, and you know, that's a big HIPAA violation, letting the goddamn Batman in there. Maybe, Mr. Wayne, if you used your billions of dollars to fund proper correctional facilities and mental health, you might do some good in... Gotham. He's just really interested in beating people up because like obviously, I don't know. I don't think that there would need to be a Batman if Alfred had taken him to freaking therapy in the first place. <laughs> well, I mean, who do you think installed all those like ventilation shafts that a grown man can crawl through and it not collapse? <laughs> right? <laughs> all these crumbling walls that you can just kind of kick through and no, this is why everybody's escaping. Like, <laughs> random walls of chain link that all over the place yeah what's that about and then so many things that a patient can use to self-harm broken <laughs> glass jagged metal things things you can hang yourself off of i just want to say in any developed country you're not gonna see a mental institution that looks like that not anything from the last century anyway not anything from the last century well i mean even then like they 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 put a little bit more effort even in the battle days to make it nicer. So my one defense for Arkham, and this is some Batman lore here, is Arkham Asylum was not built as a mental institution. It's yeah. the home of someone that was converted into a prison. So that might be why some of the layout is. Although I don't think most people have gas filtration systems and yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ventilation shafts a grown-ass man can, can crawl through. Like, yeah. Usually not included near Victorian mansions. Usually no. not. And I just want to reassure anybody who might be having mental health issues and they're talking about going inpatient somewhere that it's not going to look like that. Like, no. <laughs> you will not go to Arkham Asylum. It's not a documentary. Couches and they won't let you have shoelaces, but you won't have any shower heads. And it's, it's, they're pretty safe if kind of boring atmospheres. So rest assured. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anybody else have anything you'd like to get off your your chest? This is a safe space. <laughs> Feel free to share. There are a lot of collectibles in this game. So if you're a 100%er kind of person, if you like to 
do all the things, then there's a lot of things to You'll do. You'll be playing this game for a oh, long time. Oh, the Riddler. Time. Yeah, yes. lots of Riddler trophies to find and puzzles to solve. And uh, a lot of them are lore-based. Like, there's, like, little tapes that you can pick up that'll give you, uh, like, interview tapes from the patients when they came in that give you, like, some more Batman lore. If you're a nerd for Batman lore, then you can, you can definitely have some fun. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Giving this game a review is kind of hard because... At least for me, giving it a, a rating is hard because it's an old game, but it holds up so well. If I was reviewing this when it came out, it would be hands down a five-star game. And I don't think it loses that much over time. So I will give it four and a half Joker Venoms. I'll give it a five Riddler trophies out of five. It's still great, especially for five dollars or less than five. Oh yeah, we paid two bucks for it, yeah. Oh yeah. You Absolutely. probably have more change in your pocket right now than... <laughs> for this game. Even for the cheap and broke, this is a damn great deal. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give it four and a half batarangs out of five. Nice. I'm going to give it 4.75 horribly corrupt institutional review boards out of five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know the law. Eight games enter, one game leaves. Each week we have a budget of $5 to spend on games. If we spend less than that, we roll the spare change in the next week. Every week, we each bring two games to consider, we each vote for a game, and we cannot vote for our own game. The game with the most votes is our next game to play and review. This week, we have $12.28. Who wants to go first? Me, me, me. You, you, you? Okay, go ahead. I have two awesome games this week that I'm going to put up. So the first game that I want to put up is on sale on Steam for $7.49, and it's called Terraria or Terraria, depending on how you want to pronounce it. It is a side-scrolling sandbox game, and it is so much fun. You start on the surface of the planet, and you dig your way down through tunnels, you battle monsters, you find treasure, different materials, or it's kind of like a side-scrolling Minecraft. Huh. Hmm. So, and then what you find, like the ore that you find and items that you drop off monsters you use to create different weapons, different armor, to defeat bosses and search through the even tougher dungeons. And then just when you think you've defeated the final boss, the whole world evolves again with a new set of dangers, materials, and monsters. It is, for $7.49, it's an awesome game. And my second game is $3.74 on Steam right now. It's Don't Starve. And this game comes off being like really cute and fun, like a little sandbox game where you can build houses. And no, it's not. It's awesome and it's harsh at the same time. There's so many layers to this game, and all the lower layers are super dangerous. And it's a game of survival, and you have to build fires, shelters, weapons, gear, and then you explore randomly generated worlds that you've been transported to by an evil villain. There's challenges in this game, there's portals to other worlds where you can complete, like, specific specific world challenges like it's always winter for example or you are on an island that's missing a piece of gear that you need or something to that effect it's very dangerous if you don't have fire i'm just gonna say that like if you can't see at night you will die and it's <laughs> a very fun game to play my first game is crypt of the necro dancer which is $3.74 on Steam. And it is a rhythm-based dungeon crawler. There's a music playing, and you have to actually move your character to the beat of the music in order to attack things and defend and all that. And uh, it's got some RPG elements. You have to collect gear and level up your character and things like that. So it's a pretty interesting concept, so... I've it's, heard good like things about it. Yeah, it's a fun game. It's very Rogue Legacy-ish. Top-down 2D one, so... I think it's a little bit more forgiving than Rogue Legacy. A little bit. A little bit. My second game is Invisible Ink, 
which is $5.99 on Steam. I think Steam has like a big sale going on right now, so you might want to check it out. And Invisible Ink is a turn-based strategy game that emphasizes stealth. So you're like a, a team of spies or something like that, and you're infiltrating places and trying to get past security and not alert the guards and all that. I think it's uh, inspired by other strategy games like XCOM and stuff, so it should be pretty fun. So my two games, my first game, like you said, there is a, a good sale going on on Steam right now, is Tomb Raider for four ninety nine. I figured with Thanksgiving coming up, it might be a time to explore raiding other cultures for their treasures and uh, <laughs> <laughs> stealing from them in the Too grand soon. spirit of Thanksgiving. Hey. So Tomb Raider, I mean, everybody knows Tomb Raider. This is kind of a relaunch of Tomb Raider. It looks fantastic. The story looks good. Tomb Raider is is great. And I, I think, Hannah, I think you've mentioned it before. I think for four ninety nine, you can't go wrong for, for Tomb Raider. Then I was also kind of in the Thanksgiving spirit, uh, a game to make you grateful um, and to give thanks. Uh, I have Middle Earth Shadows of Mordor. So you can be so happy that you do not live in Mordor <laughs> with orcs because it is terrible. But the game is awesome. So Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor, you are killed by Sauron and he wants you to be one of his monsters and you can draw upon like the spirit world and ghosts and you're trying to get revenge and you fight all these orcs in combat style that's kind of very similar to Batman, but what makes this game great, at least in my opinion, is when you die, and you will die, the orcs remember who you are, and they level up, and like the different factions of orcs fight each other for supremacy, and they, when you get killed by an orc, he'll remember that he killed you, how he killed you, and when you fight him again, he'll be like, I thought I threw you in the fire, or clubbed in your head, or whatever it is he did to you, and he gets progressively stronger the longer you don't go back and kill him. I like this mechanic in that losing doesn't ruin the game for you, it adds to what's going on in the game. And the Lord of the Rings lore on this is amazing, in-depth and detailed and feels completely accurate. So those are my two games, Tomb Raider and Middle-Earth Shadows of Mordor. So Earthworm Jim 2 is on sale for $9.99 right now on Steam. So, you know, it's the classic Sega Genesis slash uh, Super Nintendo game. It's a platform, run-and-gun platform video game. It's ported over, released in 1995. It's a classic game. You gotta go rescue Princess What's-Her-Name and fight the Psycrow and just your Earthworm Jim goodness. Um, And it had pretty good reviews. One game that didn't get taken by somebody else. (laughs) I think Beholder is still within our range if you want to... 1979 Revolution is also on sale. (laughs) (laughs) We're all trying to get you to pick our... (laughs) I hear Total Annihilation is awesome. Dishonored's on sale. Oh, that'd be a pretty good one because the second one just came out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, please enter my birth date to continue. There might be boobies. It's mature. Are there boobies? I don't remember, actually. That's like a selling point. (laughs) It was definitely cleavage. I don't know if there's boobies, though. Okay. (laughs) I think it was more for violence. They contain content inappropriate for children. Awesome! (laughs) Okay. Okay, so I'm going to nominate Dishonored. It's $9.99 right now on Steam. It's an immersive first-person action game, and you are a supernatural assassin driven by revenge. It's definitely rated Super M. Lots of violence. Lots of the old ultra-violence. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my nomination. All right. I vote for Tomb Raider. <laughs> I think I will vote for Don't Starve. And I will also vote for Tomb Raider. 
Missy? I'm going to vote for <laughs> Crypt of the Necrodancer. All right. It's Tomb Raider it's it Tomb Raider is. Tomb Raider it is. Woohoo! Those were the games we played this week. You can find all kinds of nerd shenanigans, including our other Four Color Nerds podcast on the week's comic books. If you like all the discussion we had about Batman here, trust me, we talk about Batman just about every week. FourColorNerds.com or on our Facebook page, Four Color Nerds. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram. You can find the podcast on iTunes and Google Play Music. On Stitcher. On SoundCloud. And on Podcast Addict. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to come back next week for another episode. Until then, keep gaming, nerds!